Escape from Plan A. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Escape from Plan A. This is your host Chris, also known as Oxford in a previous life. And it really does feel like a previous life, right guys? Uh, I'm here right. joined by Jess. Hey, how's it going, y'all? And Mark, we haven't seen you in a while. Yeah. What's up, Mark? How's everyone doing? Hi. Yeah, so we are in week, is it week two or three of the lockdown? It's, uh, I kind of lost track. It's day 19, I believe, here in California. Day 19. Yeah, that feels about right, somewhere between yeah. week two and three. So I don't remember if California or New York went on shelter in place first, but basically week three. Yeah, I think it's within week three. And how are you guys holding up? This whole episode is going to be about us talking about the things that are stressing us out uh, during this time and how we're dealing with it, which I hope will be of help to our listeners. So uh, just how how have you guys been holding up in general before we delve into the more specific things? Um, I mean, there's there's uh, the pandemic's effect on my personal life. Uh, like the like the st- functioning of my day to day, and then there's you know what it's doing mm-hmm. to my psyche, which are very different things, as it turns out. Uh, like in terms of the day to day details, um, not not a whole lot has changed. Uh, for one thing, I was already um, if if you're working in tech or one of these uh, hyper mobile industries already, like work from home was already a known thing that's been going on slowly over the last uh, like close to a decade now. So. Um, for people who are working in those sectors, I don't think there's been that much of a, a change, honestly, uh, or this transition is rather seamless. Um, and something that a lot of people within the industry had been advocating for for a really long time. Um, so like, I, I, like, it's pretty, it's pretty fine to just, I already had a setup here to work from home. Um, so everything was set to go. So nothing really changed. Plus I'm home a lot anyway. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's ju- and then there's trying to be aware of what's going on outside, and holy shit, that is bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is that's where it's really getting messed up. Um, yeah. so, there's so much to yeah. go into, and we will quickly do that. Uh, I just want to check in with you, Mark. You are more used to going to an office day in day out. Uh, how's how's it adjusting uh, to yeah. working from home? Yeah, I mean. Um- I went to the office every day. I drove. I drive a lot, or I drove a lot. But um, it, my life, my, like my work life, has gotten actually more busy. Uh, I work in a company that's in the financial sector, and uh, not that I've personally been paying attention a lot to the markets, but I think um, it's pretty obvious because it's been in the news, and I think people are aware of it. Um, the markets have gone sort of, you know, they they've reacted to to the situation. Um, so there's a lot of like work from that aspect. Um, so my job, I've actually, it seems like I've been busier uh, working from home than I have when I was in the office. Uh, you know, my, I have a pretty good setup here and everything, but um, it's shown that a lot of jobs that people thought 
needed to be in the office don't. And a lot of people that aren't, aren't even in like the technology side of business can do their jobs from home. And, uh, you know, we'll see if some of our work at home things at, 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 uh, at work are loosened and they sort of take the good lessons from this or whether it just goes back to like business as normal when this is, um, when this I is think all it's going to be one of the positive outcome. One of the positive things that's going to come out. I of hope this. so. It's, it's shaking so. up a lot of uh, old industries where, fa- you know, based on the corporate model started in the, in the 50s and 60s, where like a huge part of your performance is actually showing up, right? This is why we have that slang. Yeah. Uh, like showing up to work, stepping up to the like physical presence counts for an absurd amount over the actual work you do. But I have a question for you, Mark. I have a question for you. Um how much of your newfound busyness is actually a, a result of new, like actual work created by the, mm-hmm. like the unusual circumstances that, that you know, um, right? The nature of the work you're doing in the face of an unprecedented global event like a pandemic, versus uh, people who are not used to remote work getting used to the mechanics of it and creating more work for themselves inadvertently in the process. Um, I think for myself, um, I, I adapted pretty quickly to, to the technology aspect of it and sort of dealing with um, the difficulties of uh, sort of connecting every day remotely and everything like that. I mean, uh, as good as the internet is, there's still a delay. And as much as the software tries to make up for it, it's not the same as working like on a native desktop. Um, so for me, at least that that was pretty quick. So I don't think any of my like extra work really is because I'm working remotely on a desktop. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, paradoxically, like you just mentioned, Jess, that like a lot of um, old corporate culture is showing up and seeing uh, and showing that you're there. Um, it's fairly easy uh, in an office to sort of hide, right? Um, especially if you have your own office, but even in like a, um open office setup, um, the worker, like the people you sit next to aren't necessarily going to snitch on you and say like, oh, you know, so they're not going to say like Mark isn't working. Um, but when you're remotely sort of working and your boss can see like, oh, you're not on Skype, you're not active, you're not active. Like, you know, th- there are ways to monitor you better, <laughs> I feel remotely almost than if you're in the office. I was about to say that, like, we should be careful what we wish for. I've heard of, um, these programs where I, I, uh, I don't know what's like in tech and business, but in law, you have to do things called CLEs in which it's, it's like every, you know, every two years you have to complete, uh, these like, uh, classes and a lot of people do it online and the, and the way you, you, they make sure that you're at least somewhat near your computer, not just running it while you go out drinking or whatever, because you got to check in every like 10 minutes or so a screen will pop up. Mm-hmm. I've heard of, of companies doing that. Um, some companies require you to turn on your webcam. So, oh, really? Uh, you know, oh, they, wow. they could look at you. And actually, there's this game I started playing uh, called Stardew Valley. It's a, it's a farming simulator. And actually, I, th- I thought the, the, you know, the scant storyline that the game actually has is about this uh, guy um, or girl, I guess, depending on who your character is. Um, you're working at some, you know, one of these like, creepily upbeat uh, tech companies like i think it's called like bobo or something it's like bobo you know brings a smile to the world and you know things like that but 
it's very it's very dark because as you see the cubicles every cubicle has a security camera right mm-hmm. uh, pointed right at each worker uh so but but yeah if we have this thing where you, you can do like a a webcam observation you don't, you don't even have to go that far it's like everybody already has it built into their computer yeah so we should we should be very careful what we wish yeah. for <laughs> i mean to be honest like um i'm probably seeing my colleagues through video chat more than I would see some of them in real life because some of them I just don't really work wait, with. Wait, wait, like is that for better or for worse? Um, I'd say it's for better. I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm here, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm with my wife and, and we, you know, we talk, obviously, we live together. Um, but you want to interact with other people too. Yeah, that's too. a good thing. <laughs> yes, it's a very good thing. I love my wife and I don't know whether, <laughs> you know, I'd be able to get through this thing as well as I have without her. But like, you know, with my coworkers and everything, if we're not going to be in the office and sort of have the possibility of walking over to their desk, um, it is good that like we try to schedule these sessions and we have video chats. And, um, you know, I, I think some of my skepticism about video chatting has, has, have just been shattered because I, I, you know, I've been someone who's been a little skeptical about them, but I think it's a good mature, it, it's a more mature technology than I thought it was. Yeah, and and it has to be. Hey, wasn't uh, wasn't Citrix? Uh, you do you guys use Citrix? No, we use Zoom. Okay, no, I mean Citrix is one of those like uh, remote login. Uh, oh yes, we use Citrix things. for the remote login to the computer. Yeah, and, yes. I, and I just bring it up because uh, I think it was one of those companies that one of those uh, you know motherfucker senators uh, invested <laughs> in right before. Yeah, uh, Kelly Loeffler. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it was yeah. Citrix. And I mean, Citrix is not that good. It's kind of slow and no, stuff, Citrix, but you can, yeah. you can, I mean, you can tell, uh, you can bet, I bet it's going to get really, really good, uh, comparatively speaking in the next few months. Cause you know, they have to, right. It's necessity yeah. anyway. Okay. Let's move on to, as I said, uh, certain things that are stressing us out. Uh, Jess, I know you have very strong feelings about the, the, uh, they call it the bailout deals, it, uh, but I, it's kind of a, weird name right because you're not really it's not a stimulus bill at all it's a slush fund with uh different tiers of access and you and me we're not we're not at the top of that list no we are not um i mean i haven't looked too much into that but i, I think you have much more detailed knowledge of it uh, could you just explain like what it is and why it's so fucked Okay, so broad strokes, this is a radical re-engineering of the American economy that basically shuffles public wealth into private hands, and this is the biggest bailout in history, probably, um, outside of actual feudalism. Um, That's broad strokes. That's broad stroking it. So we got we get paid off with the twelve hundred bucks means tested, of course. Um, Of course. And there is a small fund set aside for small businesses. They're really hyping this up with big numbers that seem big to you and me, uh, because we're just so used to fucking poverty. Um, it's $350 billion, which they, which they blast all across the news. And we're supposed to get super hyped that the government gives a shit. But this is $350 billion for every small business in America to divvy up. And the new rules that keep getting added to this package as it gets rolled out, the day one when you're when we were supposed to be eligible to apply was actually today. I I tried and it's a it's it's a nightmare. Um. So how would you 
so do you have to go to a website? Uh, is it done by mail? There's like, a website. Uh, there, there's a there's website. website. At the, there is a federal website. Um, like we can put the no- the links to that in the show notes. The bulk of the the bulk of the uh money will be dispersed through private lenders, though. So, uh, I tried the I tried the, the SBA site to apply, which crashed and like literally changed on me like twice. Like it reloaded and it was like it, it, it was like the question was worded differently. Um. Well, that's how that's really yeah, weird no, it's, what it's insane what's going on um several banks have rolled out some um their their platforms to allow uh, business owners who bank with them to apply for loans um it's it's but the rules are different from institution to institution uh, the big banks do this the, there are um community and smaller banks can do this i'm not sure if credit unions uh are in on this but basically it's a free for all uh and day 1 was today um it's first come first and, and by serve. today uh j- just so our listeners know today is friday april 3rd that's yes. when we're recording this yeah um so i basically just threw my monitor out the window and started recording this podcast um that's <laughs> well, it's just they probably bad. they probably made the website bad on purpose right so that people couldn't See, I really don't know. um this this time around, i don't know I'm about not, that I don't think, man i don't i don't i'm willing to believe that that's not the case um a this is a, if they're very pro, like this this is so bad right the, the the economic fallout is so bad um, without bailing out um, small business, there's going to be a ripple effect. Um, that that there's going to be a shockwave, and no one's going to be immune from that. Um, the terms of this this bailout package, let's call it what it is, uh, massively favors huge uh, monopolistic corporate entities. Um, people talk about the two trillion that's been earmarked for small business and uh, civilians, basically, and hospitals. Um, there's an additional up to four trillion on top of that. That's pretty much earmarked as a as an open slush fund for financial institutions and mega companies. Um, wow. So this is in total. This is up to a six trillion dollar uh, bailout package. Four trillion of which, like, none of us will ever see a penny of. And in fact, we're financing that. Um, yeah, when, when you talk about disaster capitalism, this is this is this is one this of is the it. greatest yeah. opportunities yeah. Uh, in history, right? If, if yeah. probably if you look back at it, and then I, I think of something like the you know in like Korea the 1997 IMF crisis that also allowed. Uh, you know, the big conglomerates and wealthy families to buy everything at huge discount prices. Right. And it just just makes social gaps and inequalities even worse. Yeah. That's right. So and mobility is basically right. frozen in South Korea. Uh, Japan Japan was a little ahead of South Korea on that too. And still, and you can see the economic fallout today. They've kind of been in a semi-recession for like 20 years. Uh, when was the last time anything great came out of Japan? Like, you know? Um not to bash Japan, I'm just saying, like, the company, the country's been struggling for a while, and this, uh, and the badly, badly engineered top down financial reforms, um, that South Korea and Japan instituted in the 90s and early 2000s kind of set the stage for this, and we are on the exact same track. Um, so big companies will get even bigger, private equity, which already, was sitting on a two point five trillion dollar uh, pile of cash. Um, that's okay. That's 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 ridiculous. Well, this is a situation trillion with a T. Two trillion, two point five trillion dollars is sitting in private equity 
as we speak. Holy shit. And they talk about like, oh, the coronavirus is like, no. I, I, I have not seen a single statistic from the CDC talking about how infectious it is to, to companies. Like, no. Um, you would think well, that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's obscene how it's, how it was, how it was presented to us and sold to us. Yeah. And a few days, and a few days ago, the, uh, the, the numbers for the unemployment claim, uh, unemployment claims came out. It was something like 6.6. Uh, million. I believe the week before it was something like three point one or three point three million. So Ten million yeah. people so in two weeks. In two weeks, which yeah. blows. And and then I heard every... though that, the, mm-hmm. uh, but then I heard that the the stock market actually rose because of that. And I'm wondering uh, if if that's because a lot of companies are using this as an excuse to shed payroll. Because today um, the outline, which is, uh, I mean, this is not entirely related, but. Oh, sort of. But the outline, which is an online publication, um, uh, shut down, uh, and it was mm. it, it's owned by the same company that owns now like Gawker and Mike and and all these uh, publications have been shutting down the last few years, right? Like Deadspin, all sold off. And they were citing uh, the coronavirus as the reason, but it was probably they were probably going to do that anyway. Now this gives them cover to do it. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that's what a lot of companies are going to use as an excuse to just go downsize as much as they want. Yeah, and the way that these bailout packages are are, are constructed, uh, the terms of these loans, um, there's a lot of uncertainty around of, uh, how much of these loans are forgivable. Um, like yeah, it's yeah. actually it, it's it's a concern for me too. Um, for one thing, for sure. Um, what they call a small business uh, should really raise some eyebrows. It's a company with under 500 employees. Five uh, hundred. Five hundred. <laughs> That's employees. a lot of people. That's yeah, a lot of yeah I don't know too much about business, but yeah, that sounds like a lot of people. That this is not. I mean, when you're doing like, small, small business, business, you're thinking of a mom and pop like bodega or something, right? You're thinking yeah. of a little restaurant, right? Because you're, you're every, thinking like every, zero employees. Yeah. Yeah. So technically speaking, most hedge funds in America qualify for this shit. Think yeah. about that. And it's the crazy. maximum cap. This is a three hundred fifty billion dollar total package dedicated for earmarked for small businesses. The total you a single company can qualify for up to ten million dollars of that. The fuck. Yeah. Uh, there's a new rule coming out that VC backed startups can be eligible. Private equities already get private equities getting VIP concierge service off that four trillion dollars that we don't get access to. Um, so what we're going to see at the tail end of this, and, you know, I've been railing about this with, uh, with Teen before, um, we did a pod last night that's coming out and I get a little gloomy about that, but, um, like we're going to see, like, if we're not extremely careful about this, we're going to see, um, like five companies are going to just own everything. We're going to come out of this with a job and we're all going to be working for Amazon in one way or another. Yeah, so so I I've been actually saying this in some of my like work like video chats and stuff, and I bring it up like tongue in cheek, but I'm sort of like trying to inject the tarot pill a little bit. Is um, you, have you guys ever seen the movie um, Demolition Man? Yeah, I just uh, saw is that, that the one with Sylvester Stallone? It's who yeah, it's everyone should watch it. Stallone. It's fantastic. Everybody should watch this movie, not just because of like what's going on, but it's a hilarious movie. It's but hilarious. It's with Wesley Snipes Wait, intentionally and hilarious? Stallone. I thought it was an action movie. It is an action movie. It's an action sci-fi movie. But in this movie, Sylvester Stallone was like a dirty cop, quote unquote, who gets frozen because uh, instead of like 
you know, putting anyone in jail in this future. They freeze people and then they do like subliminal audio messaging to sort of try to reform criminals. And they, de- they determine that he's reformed. So they, they, un- they thaw him out. And now he's in the future. And in the future, in this movie, Demolition Man, there are only like three restaurants left. It's Taco Bell, Burger King, I think, and Pizza Hut. No, no, no. All restaurants are Taco Bell. Yes, all okay. Yeah, so it's all a, restaurants are all Taco restaurants Bell. Wait, like are Taco, Taco Bell. Bell that we know. Taco Bell. Yeah, so there's like a fancy Taco Bell if you need an upscale experience. Uh, yeah, so it's 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 like and also oh they don't use tulip. They don't use toilet paper. Um, they use <laughs> the three shells. And in the movie, he's like, I went to the okay, bathroom. Don't give guys. it away. Don't yeah, don't give it sorry, away. That's like one of the best yes. parts of the movie. That is one and of the best parts. It, I will not. It, it's give it's it away. relevant to our times. Toilet paper, but it's actually anxiety. relevant. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> because if I, if you, I may jump in think, for if I if I may jump in for a moment, is it weird that I'm I'm trying to think if I'm Taco Bell, do I want that product placement in that movie where? Yes, yes, I they am did the in the nineties. They did, man. Well, they did. Nineties, they did. Okay. You see the you see the '90s logo and everything. So they, I mean, it's not bad. It's for them, I guess. Um, but them, it's there's no a, public, there's no bad publicity, right? Yeah, but for a silly movie, I think about that. I'm like, damn, like you know, our neighborhoods after this are going to be completely transformed in terms of the businesses that survive and don't, and some yeah. some some towns are going to be completely devastated in terms of like the restaurants, the bars, the coffee shops, everything. And the only things that are going to survive are like Starbucks. And then Starbucks is going to be like, well, we're going to now open Starbucks. I mean, this is pending. I mean, this, uh, so I don't see this actually lasting very long. It's, it's, it's like they're kind of taunting us. Like how much of this shit will you actually take before you guys set some shit on fire? Um, This will this will happen. Uh, this future will happen if uh, if things are uh, permitted to go this direction. So we have a we we have a consumer liquidity problem right now, right? Mass unemployment, uh, consumer mm-hmm. spending has just fallen off a cliff. Uh, debt crisis, right? On the on the individual consumer side, um, we got rent, mortgages piling up, bills, uh, just people are sinking. Because of the lack mm-hmm. of cash, a mass concentration at the upper end, uh, they're gonna, they're gonna, they will try to eat up everything else. So we come out of this lockdown, everything might yeah. be Applebee's. Um, the That's one what I'm shred of- uh, David, yeah, David Chang warns about that in his podcast episode on on the coronavirus. Yeah, so I've actually been like donating some time. Like I have lawyers and accountants, um, and given you know, given see. I, I run I run a business. I will be applying for these loans. To be honest, I would not have. If this was $350 billion dedicated to small business, putting that money where it needs to go, mm-hmm. which is, you mm-hmm. know, restaurants, actual mom and pop, service providers, uh, people like people in these essential sectors right now that are keeping the rest of us going and that are being hit the hardest because mm-hmm. of the abrupt shutdown. If that money were structured to go to them, I would, I would happily decline to get a piece to, to, um, try to get a piece of that, um, at all. But the way it's structured right now, it's fucking, it's first come first serve. It's the, so it's the people with the lawyers, the accountants, with the savvy and the know-how to be able to access the system and actually advocate for themselves and win up to ten million dollars per company out of a limited yeah. fund. 
Um, this is this means that the lion's share of that three hundred billion dollars are going to go exactly to the people who need it least. Um, yeah. 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 And, and and Jess, you mentioned you know people are going to set things on fire, and what's well, I mean, I, I see, and their strategy is pretty apparent. And uh, but you know, you can smell it coming a mile away. They're going to try to redirect that anger at the the outsider enemy, right? Which is uh, see, which is China know. right now. If you, um, I don't know how. See, they're going to try that. Uh, but the thing is, right here, like uh, they're, they're I'm, it seems so blatant that I'm not sure if if this is if they're just very arrogant or not seeing this quite yet. This is so pervasive. Uh, so I see, like, countering this uh, liquidity crisis for consumers, which is the lifeblood of the economy, keeping money churning throughout the system. Um, uh, like, we talk about GDP, right? We talk about money, like, and it's really stupid, because it's like talking, if we talk about a person, it's like talking about how much blood they have. Like, whoa, this guy has nine pints of blood. Like, Nobody talks about health in those terms, right? You talk about circulatory system, right? The health of the circ, how to keep that blood going. It's not the actual amount of blood, but we only focus on like how much blood there is in the system. We're not talking about how it circulates through the system. Uh, right now, we just have a complete halt. Uh, yeah. So right now, like we're seeing massive amounts of money pooled in like the outer limbs, right? Like the one percent or the ten percent that's that's locking up like ninety plus percent of the capital and nothing uh or very very little in among the rest and most of that is leverage debt anyway yeah um, i'm definitely talking about what the what like the the people with influence are trying to do because you see it I, I saw like david french today uh tweeting oh about God. how this is all china's fault and all that but talking I, about china I is not going to pay your freaking mortgage i think this problem that, is so I know, you, can, you can see you know, I, I agree, and uh, but obviously uh, the people benefiting from this don't want the backlash to come to them, which is what happened after 2008. Eventually, uh, at first people were a little confused, but uh, a lot of the things that have been happening uh, around the world uh, is is because of you know things like austerity and lack of punitive measures for the perpetrators of the financial crisis. Um, but I do think that one good thing is that you know the people in the Trump administration are so bad at handling this that i saw i saw like you know, a few couple of days ago though this the what is it um it, that article was like oh u.s intelligence finds out that you know china's numbers are inaccurate uh for one thing i, I want to tell ask u.s uh, intelligence you know where the wmds you know uh but secondly <laughs> a lot of the comments i saw even on reddit which is notoriously uh hostile to anything even remotely uh sympathetic to china a lot of them were just more pissed off at, at Trump. Like, like why why is this relevant? It's because, um, you know, I just saw Jared Kushner go up there uh, talking absolute bullshit. It's just such a farce that I agree that the one good thing is that they're just bungling it so badly that I do think when people just see that every day, just how terrible. Like, if Trump's up there boasting about how he's, how he's number one on Facebook, and when when they see that while bodies um, are piling up in refrigerated trucks outside, they had the yeah. my, they had the my pillow guy come up there and say that Trump was you wait know. What, what was that about? Have you guys noticed that when you're on Twitter, you see the weirdest things trending now? Um, yeah, like last night, one of the most trending things was the word "our," because there was this whole debate about um, what Jared Kushner meant when mm -hmm. he said like the ventilators are ours, not theirs, and I think theirs he was referring to the states. And now it's this weird, uh, 
like like See, civil look, war now. We're, we're yeah, no, federal, but this is a constitutional yeah. crisis at this point. That's how far they it pushed it. We're rehashing civil war era debates on states versus federal states' fed- rights versus federal yeah. power, right? Yeah, so we're rehashing this shit, and the, as the death toll rises, and they're right. predicting what a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand dead, uh, which two hundred forty thousand was the yeah, limit. upper limit with proper mm-hmm. social distancing was two hundred forty thousand. But yeah. I don't think anybody so really say, knows where that number. That's best middle. case scenario. Best case best scenario. Best case scenario. We're still hitting six six figures un- unless a miracle happens. We're hitting six figures. Um. World War Two American casualties were like fifty thousand. Well, wait, 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 wait. No, World War Two. No, World War Two was like f- almost five hundred thousand. Okay, no, I, I just Look, looked it up because I, w- I was right. I'm writing in the, total an the casualties for all American uh, war. One, it's like one point five million casualties throughout all like armed conflict um, in the United States. A hundred thousand to two hundred thousand is actually a fairly significant number compared to that whole statistic. Uh, I th- oh, sorry. I think what I'm thinking. Of, yeah, I think I got uh, Vietnam. I got. I think I confused Vietnam and and World War Two. Um, <laughs> yeah, Vietnam was like thirty thousand or something. Yeah, and look at the impact that that shit had on yeah. the psyche. And we're talking about a death toll that's multiples of that. Right. Um, it's more, I think you're right, Chris, uh, in that, like, uh, if you add World War American casualties in World War One, Vietnam and Korea, it's less than what their upper limit or the best case scenario, sorry, is for a coronavirus. Yeah. Three yeah, that's, wars. Uh, that was in the- three huge wars. Uh, I Crazy. mean, there is, there is a, there is a massive constitutional, an existential crisis coming for the United States once the dust settles on this shit. Um, and Jared Kushner's lazy use of the word "our" is going to find its way up to the fucking Supreme Court, if not uh, one of the opening salvos in the coming civil war over this. Yeah, right uh, now it's like every state for for itself, right? And, and the federal government now, taxpayers is- are paying for equipment three times over. So we're seeing in the news um, that I mean, it's it's like the U.S. is just out of its fucking mind. Um, so we're, we're raiding other countries' shipments of PPE, ventilators, o- other medical equipment, critical medical Jesus. equipment coming out of China, coming out of Russia, and they're seizing this. Like, there was a story of a shipment in- intended for France, uh, that the U.S. just outbid at the, while the plane was almost about to take off on the tarmac. Are you serious? Outbid at the last minute and diverted that to the United States. Same story for Germany. And this is like that one is official. Like German news, the German news uh, establishment has been running with it uh, all day. This is this is a huge situation. Uh, so it's it's global piracy that the U.S. is engaged in, uh, for one thing, which means you know. And then so okay, so this is federal resources dedicated to poaching this shit from other countries. In addition to uh, you know, in addition to securing our own right uh massive amounts of equipment coming out of china and then on the other hand we have crazy people who are trying to crash trains into our uh hospital ships well that's a separate issue um it's total it's but but we're talking we're talking about i mean i want to really focus in on this uh like the immensity of the political nightmare we are about to face here no you're right i'm sorry i just 
Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a lunatic, um, doing his thing. And I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I do think this is a symptom of, you know, this mass hysteria that's going on. Uh, but, but let's, I want to keep the spotlight on this because this is such a monumentally no, right. huge issue. So federal resources went towards securing, securing medical equipment, uh, from foreign countries in addition to outright piracy of other, of material dedicated to other countries. Um, federal resources went into that. What the fuck are we doing with it? Are they being distributed by FEMA or the National Guard to hospitals and nope. states that require? Nope. nope. What's what they're doing? And an admiral came out in the official briefing. They're not. None of this is hidden. They're saying this in the official White House briefing. Um, what do they do? It's funneled into the private sector. Um, so they're because. Yeah, the, the several companies operate according to this to this guy like 600 to 700 warehouses. There's a supply chain and a bidding process that these private companies uh operate. So the federal government is funneling this equipment to them. These guys are basically running eBay but for states and hospitals. They the uh, they bid each they bid against each other and the highest bidder gets the equipment. Wait, wait, so, Jess, uh, let me ask you this. So, so does that mean that those uh, equipment that the U.S. Uh, kind of stole from France, we could sell it back to them at a, at a, yes. at a bigger price? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because they refused to put in a oh rule God. saying that these private distributors could not sell abroad. It's literally just to mm. the highest bidder. So, so like... So, like, the one uh, somewhat noble explanation that uh, the U.S. government could say, you know, hey, you, we might have sold it from the French, but it was to serve Americans, uh, not even true. No, it's not. There is, it's, no, it's not to serve Americans. It's to serve, it's to serve, probably you'll find their pictures in backgrounds at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, oh, the, for like, sure. So this is who it's for. It's for like 20 mega rich people who greased Jared Kushner's palm or shook hands with Trump um, and donated to his fucking campaign. Hopefully, hopefully they were sick. Yeah. Yeah. So the states are bidding like crazy for this. So for one, uh, and then third on top of that. um, So, you know, Trump today came out, you know, a reporter, um, Came out and asked him, okay, so can you reassure New York that it has enough ventilators going into next week? Uh, and Trump says, eh, no, um, nope. they should have had more respirators. The states were on their own. This has been the consistent line from the federal government for weeks now. The states should have been more prepared. The states are on their own. The federal government is here as, quote, backup for the states. Okay. So it seems like a lot of governors and leadership in these states, and it's not even just states, not coordinated within a state either. It's, States, counties, cities, and hospitals all in a crazy uh, rush for equipment to secure to secure what they need from the open market. Um, so a story came out in the Boston Globe that Massachusetts had actually done that, according to directive, the lack of leadership in the federal government. They actually went bid horrendous amounts of money, got price gouged to secure equipment. When the plane landed in Boston, the feds seized it using force majeure. The federal the government fuck? supersedes uh, state authority. So when the feds came, the, like FEMA, I think, came in and seized the gear right off the right off the uh, the uh, the runway. The off the tarmac. Wait, wait, wait a minute, tarmac. Jess. Wait, wait a minute, Jess. I I thought I thought Trump and Pence and those people were about small government. Okay, like like no, like that's. That's glib. I get, I get where you're going, but this is not the time for a cheap laugh right now. This is, this is absolutely insane. 
So I know it's insane, and I don't. I don't mean to be glib. I'm just saying that that's no, like no, no one's ever been under the illusion that they've been about small government. This is about the feds just acting as Trump's private little empire. Um, so Massachusetts had something like thirty million dollars worth of equipment they bid on. They were probably they were gouged to hell on this shit too, uh, stolen from them by the feds. Uh, no word on where it went, but my bet is that they seized that equipment to funnel it back to these private distributors. So Massachusetts will again have to pay these distributors for that equipment, along with everyone else. Um, That's and people so will die. People will people die. People are going of that. to die. And at the end of this, this is I, I I don't even know what the extent of the fallout from this will be. This is a massive massive crisis. Um, at this point, given what, given what Trump has actually said, uh, there's ground, I mean, right now I'm on team secession, um, withhold states ought to be withholding federal taxes completely. If we're on, look, if we're on our own, we're on our own. That means we need every single dollar generated to secure our own interests in this case. Um, that the contract between state and federal government has been completely violated, Completely. Uh, and if Kushner is standing up there and say, making a clear delineation between states and the federal government, as in assuming that uh, the federal government exists as an entity outside of the agreement, the Federation of States, um, yeah, we, we have crossed a very, very, uh, we've crossed some bridge here. There is no going back from this. Um, under that logic, 9-11, it was Giuliani's problem. We went to war for 20 years over 9-11. Uh, technically, if we're using that same logic, then, you know, I want, then California, all of the states should sue. Uh, say we want the, we want our tax dollars mm-hmm. back. We funneled, we paid for New York's war. Why? Pearl Harbor was Hawaii's problem then. We didn't, we didn't even pay for New York's war. We paid for Bush Jr.'s war because his father, no, under this like, logic, this yeah. would have been New York's war. The yeah. the towers hit in the, the 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 planes hit the towers in New York. Well, maybe Pennsylvania should have gotten a cut of it too. And the pent sure, fine, it hit the Pentagon. Fine, Virginia, Pennsylvania, New York's war. They should have been prepared. Yeah, no, I'm I'm going more towards the fact that I think that uh, Saddam tried to hit back at uh, at George W. Bush's father. So he did, he, you know, he invaded Iraq because he, he didn't like, you know, I'm going back to that. So it was even worse than it should just be New York's problem. It was like, uh, you know, Bush Jr.'s problem. Yeah. And, and this is, I think, especially why it's important. I said this in, in the pod that we did a few weeks ago with Amanda. And I wrote this in, in uh, my, the, the article I wrote about a week ago, um, Coronavirus Generations. Uh, a generation of broken dreams is that the reason we have to relentlessly push it ba- uh, push back against this China bashing is because it's specifically to cover up for this just unimaginable. Like we we all joked, uh, not joked, but you know we we talk about the the Trump family embezzling this and that. Uh, but I, I don't think any of us could have imagined uh, it getting it to this level where you have perhaps like a once in a century type of catastrophe. And and you see this this kind of th- just theft happening. Uh, we thought it'd be more you know on the reasonable side where they, you know they they sell kind of like these like sweetheart deals under the table and stuff, but to you know really sacrifice American lives, uh, you know for a profit basically is 
you, you have to keep the heat on this relentlessly because they will try everything to to escape it. Yeah, and I think, um, I mean, this is, this is going to be their own problem here. As much as they're going to want to pin it on China, this problem is getting so big, I, I really don't see it working. And I think there's some panic. Um, like, there's been a rash of uh, articles in the flagship papers drumming up the xenophobia. Um, but even still... Um, the most uh, conspiratorially written piece uh, says China lied about its death count by 40,000. That number is going to look real stupid in like a month. And real small. <laughs> real yeah. small. Compared yeah. to, so, ooh, China, China said 2,500 died. It actually, but actually 40,000 people died. Okay, that's still less than half of the lower bound of the projected death toll in the United States. Way less than half. Yeah. yeah. I just, well, fucking for whoop. people for people who try to act like this is important, I just want people to do like a thought experiment. We're back in January. Uh let's say China to say, hey, uh forty thousand people died. No, not not just forty thousand people, forty thousand chinks died. Um and China's telling you, telling us, uh you gotta do some Take a bunch of measures that will ruin your social lives for at least, a, you know, let's say a month or two. Um, you're going to have to do things that will say like triple your unemployment rate, uh, tank your economy. Uh, and anybody who thinks we who have claimed for so long that you cannot trust China or any, any communist or you can't trust them anything would have said, oh, yeah, good idea. Let's, let's do it. Especially oh, yeah. no when way. Trump, who is, who is constantly obsessed with, with the stock market going up uh, and in the midst of, uh, you know, Democratic primary was there. So, uh, you know, all the talk was who's going to take on Trump and Trump has, is obsessed with re-election, you know, at that point. He probably still is. It's probably his number one priority right now. And he's willing to sacrifice probably millions of Americans to get it. But uh, in that climate that we would have, if only China had said, you know, 40,000, hell, even like a million, let, let, I will say that uh, no Americans way. still would not have done anything. They would have just There's either no said way. China's lying to lead us down, uh, like, you know, self-destruction, or, uh, you know what, it, a million lives in China doesn't matter. It, it, they, it's their problem. It's not going to spread here. The denialism w is so, would have been so obvious. Yeah, there's no way we would have believed them. Not, not one chance in hell. I think what we're going to see, because what we're going to see is uh, this thing is going to spread to the red states. I think we're going to see a lot more aid being funneled to those states because we know why. We know why he's not deploying the stockpile. We know why he's he's delaying um, manufacturing of like ventilators and masks. It's to be ready for when the shit hits the fan in his core base. So we're going to see right. a complete split. Um, like I can't. Like there's a there's a presidential election coming up. I, I, I we're gonna come to a crisis long before November. I don't even want to imagine. I don't even want to think about the election. Just what a what a disaster it's gonna be. Yeah, there was a, there was a piece like a couple of weeks ago um, in the Atlantic saying um, this was a couple of weeks ago before before you know a lot of this this complete catastrophe. Um, unfolded even saying that, you know, red and blue America are not experiencing the same pandemic. And this is largely based off of rhetoric because this is before the bodies were starting to pile up in uh, these blue states. Um, that's going to be even more true once ventilators start flowing to the red states, to the people yeah. who do kowtow and kiss the ring for Trump versus New York, California, Washington, Illinois, Michigan. Uh, these swing wait, wait, and wait. blue states. Oh, but like, just why wouldn't why wouldn't Trump uh, favor say like the the swing states? That's how he will win re-election. Re he hasn't been um, so far. 
Well, I know, yes. like Michigan's getting ravaged right now, but maybe, maybe the the caveat is Detroit. It's Detroit, I mean, so that's not that's not. Yeah, like, he doesn't care about Detroit. He doesn't. But if I were Trump and I was going to immorally, um, no, I don't think he's thinking that far. I don't <laughs> no, think he's, he's thinking not that, that smart. far. This is strictly personal. Uh, these are blue it's, states. I, I think that it's did the governors and him. the mayors. Yeah, it's entirely personal, and he says as much. Yeah, he he told he told Pence to not take calls from quote the woman governor because she was too mean. <laughs> he's on She's the what, too mean. Yeah, the governor of Wisconsin, I think, who was who was pretty oh, really? forceful Wisconsin. in demanding. Uh, in dem- I, I might I might have gotten that state wrong. Um, I think but, it's Wisconsin. But what about Florida though? I mean, Florida is like that governor is all up for Trump. Yeah, he, they actually got uh, you know, all. They got several times more equipment than they even asked for. Did they? California because was sent 170 broken ventilators last week when the demand was 30,000. Um, Florida got everything it needed in multiples. But they still have an increasing and yeah, it's bad not enough. situation in Florida. It's not enough because that idiot yeah. governor um, kowtowed and stuck with the Trump line for way too long. So. But I, I, yeah, well, yeah, for for too long and didn't demand the the um, the medical supplies. But you know, so my so my brother lives in Saint in Saint Louis, uh, and you know, like there are a lot of people who live in rural areas in Missouri, and they think it's like a, a they think it's like a hoax, they think it's like a blue state problem, uh, and well, yeah, that. that- See that that's the there was a recent uh, article out out in the Atlantic. I mean, we all hate the Atlantic, but I, I still thought the article uh, was interesting. I still like the Atlantic. It, it was <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> it it it's was about okay. how it was about how this has become so politicized. Because obviously, if you're a, a pro-Trump person, um, th- this is going to it, it's a big test for the Trump administration. They're obviously fail failing it miserably. So it's in your team's interest to either say that Trump is handling it well or e- even just deny that, that the problem exists. Right. Which is, again, which is, again, another uh, point to make that is absolutely would not have happened in, like, say, January. I've even heard ridiculous people saying, oh, you know, China should have w- warned the world in November when nobody knew what the fuck was going on. But you really think that you really think that these super partisans right now, thousands of Americans are dying every day right now and they're in denial. You think that they would have taken drastic measures when no Americans are dying, only a bunch of like yellow people no. in, uh, in the East were dying. It's absolutely fucking ridiculous. Yeah, that, that's ridiculous. And like, um, I think the, so, so, so like I've, t- I've talked to my mom and my mom is like, there's no way that, uh, that Trump is going to get reelected. You know, he's botching this. I don't this. know. I don't know. I yeah, just... he's botching this. He's not going to get reelected. And just like you're saying, he's at least sly enough, Trump, to be like, I'm going to hold these supplies. And when it actually starts to hit the red states, I'm going to flood them with supplies with the hope that that will be enough to, to quell the, the, the disease. And yeah, which means America will not have experienced the same pandemic. Right. Exactly. And instead of learning the lesson of like, well, if he had done that for all the states, uh, you know, it would have been better for everybody. I think some of the people in those red states that were saved will be like, well, he saved us. It, you know, it must have been because you guys were not good enough or prepared enough or it was because you were wrong yeah. in the blue states. That's exactly how it's going to play will, out. And right. to that, and he I will say, get okay, reelected. Fine. He will get reelected. 
fucking secede. Withholds California, yeah. New York should withhold federal taxes. Where did that money fucking go? That money f- keeps insolvent red states afloat. Manhattan alone produces 8%, roughly 8% of the national GDP is generated in one city alone. If the blue states withhold, fine. You know what? Feds, the, the feds don't want to. Re- so, so, I mean, this is, this is what I mean when Kushner is trying to make this distinction between how the federal government exists out as an entity outside of the Federation of States as an agreement that state tax money flows to the federal government with the agreement that when called upon, uh, that money will flow back out. Money and resources, administrative capacity will flow back out to support these states. That contract has been broken. There is no reason for these states that have been sold down the river to step up. Yeah, at this point, it's like, you, you, like if you, if, what does Trump honestly think the presidency entails? Because he says... Uh, Remember his like now personal line, enrichment like, responsibility for him and his family. Um, that's what he thinks it entails. Right, right. But it's just like looking at it. It's like okay, so you have no obligation to the states. You have no obligation to even uh, read your own intelligence reports about potential pandemics. Just what the hell is your office for? Right. Yeah, that's, what is the federal government then? If states are on their own, then they are on their own. If California withholds commerce and tax dollars from the federal government, fine. Then you know what? Fine, Mississippi, float yourself. Save yourself from this. You don't like socialism? You don't? Fine. Then, you know, fine. California refuses to support you. Yeah, it's, it's like we, we talked about the, this virus exposing uh, all the cracks in the American system. Um, but at, it, at least earlier on, we were talking more about the healthcare system. We're talking about just, the, you know, the whole like uh, just wealth inequality and all that. But now it's getting at to what the hell is this like federalist system all about <laughs> yeah this is like this is like Pretty cracking much. it down all the way back to civil war shit or even earlier <laughs> like, even earlier a problem yeah. A pro- yeah this is going back to like madison <laughs> like this is going back to the founding fathers uh debates about states versus federal um like shit that we didn't think was a problem is being is being re-examined as and reopened as a, as a big problem yeah. Uh, look, California yeah, is it, an ironclad case then based on uh, words coming from the very top. In this case, okay, if we were on our own, fine, the states were unprepared, fine, then we need that money to prepare. California might need its own army. California needs its own stockpile of resources. California cannot afford to send tax money out out to the federal government to just to be redistributed elsewhere. So good luck, Montana. Good luck, Alabama. Fine. Like, you know, this is the argument. And according to and ac- according to the template that has been established by the federal government, with the death toll to back to account for it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, this is a legitimate case. Um, there are probably there are probably constitutional lawyers just screaming right now uh, at the magnitude of the issues that are going to like, I don't even like, what do you do? Do you sue? To secede? You can sue the I government, no I- yes, you can. Yes. I have no idea what it's going to look like after this. I don't think the states are going to let this go. Uh, I hope I not. I hope, hope not. they don't. I hope they really don't. Um, but look, if then if it's, you know, on the governors like Cuomo, uh, Newsom, all of these all these people doing great work to advocate for their, yeah. their the residents of their states, then look, we need that fucking money. Fine, we will be prepared next time. We need yeah. an army <laughs> to be able to defend our supplies from getting intercepted at the airport. 
you know, we were talking about uh, death counts uh, back then, uh, you know, a little while ago. I believe about half a million Americans died in total uh, in the in the Civil War. So let's say like in the uh, Civil the death, War, okay. the death count in in the U.S. Uh, exceeds that. Very very possible. Uh, and we have this question. It's it's like it's like worse than the Civil War. You have the same uh, questions, higher death count, and probably like uh, probably even worse like economic fallout. And it's it's. Oh my god! You know, I I don't I, I can't even think about it right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and like I, I've been really gloomy and like like you know like oh my god, you know of course they're gonna try to turn the war drums on. You know, teen teen has a case uh, that we're gonna be pressing for war in via Iran. You know, proxy war with China, but not China directly. I believe that um, it will be about China, but not with China. So forcing a, a proxy war via Iran. Uh, we've already deployed warships. I mean, I'm sorry, quote, anti-drug vest- boats to Venezuela. Um, so the pressure is on to beat the war drums, to force. I mean, this is how the U.S. gets out of this shit, right? Declare war. War your way out of a, a recession. War your way out of any social problem. Yeah, the Great Depression yeah, was ended because of World War Two. It was not the It was not the, the New Deal that it did it. It was not. It was World War II. Absolutely. Um, but... And, you know, that's a very scary thought. And that's still, that's still a possibility that people will be trying to advocate for that. But in this case, now the constitutional crisis is so extreme in this case. Um, I would really hope that if war is declared, California, my state, declines. Like, fuck no, we need that money. We need our own fucking army. We need our own stockpiles. Maybe we need our own warships. California alone is would be the 11th biggest economy in the world. California That's right. alone. That's right. And like um, and, and it wouldn't just be like Californians being sort of like oh they're these hippy dippy people. Kushner said ours, theirs versus ours. So like, okay, you fine. know the federal government yourself, has then. made that. Exactly. The federal government Feed has drawn those lines. Feed yourself then. Absolutely. Grow your own damn food, then. Mm-hmm. That shit's coming out of Cal- most of that's coming out of California right now. California's keeping the nation fed. Yeah, like New York and New Jersey. New York, New York has a lot of agriculture too. Different agriculture than than California, but it has agriculture. So, like, if New York and and California were like, we're the new <laughs> United States, be pretty good. Yeah. I mean, so you can try to declare war, but are all of the states going to comply with that? Because apparently, because we have a sharp distinction now between states and the federal government, mm-hmm. there are states and our now. If the our declares war, the states don't necessarily have anything to do with this and have no obligation then. That's your war. You want to declare war? Your war. That's your war. Maybe I shouldn't say this, but I almost feel like Kushner's our was like, this is my family's. Yes, it's a it's a private fiefdom. A it's not empire. even about like the federal government. It's literally like Trump and my Kushner like family. These are our masks. Yes, his friends. They're friends. And they're and friends. Yeah, friends, cronies. Um, right. You know, it's not even about the government or whatever. It's like literally they're yeah. themselves and their rich buddies in their bunkers. Yes. You know what I mean. And this is becoming so obvious. We're not. I don't think we're actually even going to have swing states this year. I think they're going to go deep red or deep blue. I, I hope. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a whole different pot. Uh, that's my prediction. And so the only thing, like, I think they're going to try to beat the xenophobia thing. China lied. People died. Um, they're hiding 40,000 dead off of 4chan level um, uh, journalistic uh, due diligence. 
but the thing that's holding all this back is that the United States has fucking crumbled. There is no United States right now. Um, there is no, there is no unified entity that can go to war. Um, so this house is a mess. And they're even alienating their own military. Mm-hmm. You want to go to war with a... Yeah, yeah that, uh, that Crozier guy that, that got fired for... Yeah, our, Captain uh, Crozier who got, who got fired because he blew the whistle on, uh, on, on 4,000 of his, of his men, his soldiers, um, being exposed to the virus and nobody stepping up. Yeah, that's going to really engender some trust in the military here. By the could, military. Could you, could you, could you like, imagine a draft? Um, oh, God, you know, no. People. God, no. no. Dude, I am dodging that draft, and they can come drag me to jail. Like, no way. It, it, would, be, it would be like, you know, uh, the end of, like, gangs in New York, you know, people rioting in the streets. Um, yeah, just, this yeah. is impossible. We don't have, we no don't have a robust standing military. Um, <laughs> like, we don't. We we could not win a war in Afghanistan for twenty years. How many yeah. trillions got spent there? And technically, that's that was uh, that was New York's war that we all financed. So maybe we should be a little bitter about that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Trump wants to go to war. He's welcome to do so. He he can go out there and himself if he wants, but he doesn't like exercise. Yeah. So you know. If it's our fed federal government, then fine. It's your war. Um, yeah, maybe that's a maybe that's a good way to end this pod on on a somewhat positive note. Uh, <laughs> if there's a war, no one will show up for the draft, and no we would one is write. going to. No, no one is going to. You fed gra- you fed grandma t- into the wood chipper for the mm-hmm. GDP, and you want me to go die in a war for you? Like no, like there is I, there is no trust. I don't think there is any trust. Um, I'm sure you can find a lot of that in MAGA country. Let's let's wait on that and see what what it looks like in a month or two. Um, but we can <laughs> we cannot go to war. So that's I guess we're, if we're ta- if we're really coming full circle and talking about mental health, I think this is the thing that's getting me through. Like um, all of these big scary things that we see coming down, all of that presumes a, some sort of unified social cohesion. Um, that's impelling us down a path that we don't like. And all of that can be true. It can be an emergent property of chaos that uh, that this all goes to hell. But there is just this is chaos. We're just inside right now. But there is this is this is absolutely fallen apart. So any unified action is completely impossible right now. And I think it's sort of hidden. I feel like some people sort of feel like, you know, this is just a, a temporary shock. And it's going to go back to pretty much normal. And no, no, nope, you know, it's right, not. No, I, I agree with you, but I think that a lot of people believe that and they'll take like what we're saying on this podcast if they even listen to it or if they're talking to like their relatives who are, um, who talk similar to what we're talking and they're like, oh, you're just being crazy. Um, but you know, it, this is okay, not, I'll see you in three months. Exactly. Exactly. And this is not a, this is not a crisis or this is not a situation that's analogous to any modern time, uh, in history, uh, in the United States, at least. And, um, any lessons or things that you think are going to help you, um, look back on that and say, Oh, I got through similar circumstances. There are no similar circumstances to what's happening now, uh, in the world, let alone America, but in the world. Um, yeah, yeah. They, they canceled Wimbledon. They, they didn't do that uh, since World War II. That, that's the <laughs> that's the precedent we're we're talking about here. Oh my god! 
So, in terms of mental health, I I think it's 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 bad if you're clinging to a a vision of a status quo. Yeah. Like you're like, "Oh, I miss I miss that." But as a millennial, I have to say that there is no unif- cohesive sense of normalcy, and I think this is why the Biden uh Biden does not have a hold amongst people under 40. Uh because he's an established candidate. Doesn't have a hold on anybody. Did you see his enthusiasm rating worse than Hillary? Yeah, he's Jesus fucking Christ. I think he's dead. I still think he's dead. I think that's a deep <laughs> fake that they put I'm out. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, people people that are like 60 plus like him. So he has enthusiasm sure. with the older people. Wait, seriously? Yeah. Is that true? My my yeah, mom doesn't love true. him, but she'll vote for him and she'll be happy about it. Oh, no, wait. Uh, Mark, I thought you said people who are six feet plus. I'm like, that's a very weird No, no six zero, six zero, not one six. Oh, yeah, six okay. <laughs> Sorry. Well, he's got the tall demographic. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, so- <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's the nostalgic. And like, oh, he'll bring sense of normalcy and decency. And like, yeah. but if you ask a person under 40, when the fuck was it normal? It hasn't been, has it? No. Well, that means, I mean, I was, uh, I was a teenager for 9-11, um, just barely starting out my professional life for the 08 crisis. Uh, and now here, te- like, bar- like, barely over 10 years later, another fucking societal asteroid hits. Like, exactly what, what normal are we supposed to be hearkening back to that was so great for us? But even there going isn't. back further, right? We had Desert Storm, which is in the early '90s. Then we had the dot com mm-hmm. bubble burst, right? And then oh, we wait, had- wait, I thought Desert Storm was was like a rah rah moment for us. Yeah, yeah but yeah, I thought we were like at the- war. That's though. a little before our time. I'm talking about I'm talking about something a little bit more specific than that, which is just the like construction of the psyche here. Uh, if you're older than forty, you have a sense of social cohesion and stability. Um, that f- nurtured you in your young years and carried you through your professional years. I think this is why boomers have an inflated sense of their own uh, abilities when it's largely buoyed by, you know, a booming economy, the best economy that's ever existed, and they were floated along on it. The, um, right, right. Echoes of World War Two and all that stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, and they fucking gutted it. Uh, and here we are. So this is why... So I so I think as far as like mental health goes, like letting go of that has been immensely helpful. Like saying like, oh, you know, don't you miss this and that and then like, oh, actually, if you look back, all of that was pretty shitty. Stagnating wages, rising cost of living, a total gutting of uh, workplace security, pensions, retirement, I- income, ability to move ahead. Um, all of that was capped. Uh, all of that we. In other words, there, there's no fear of missing out if you're, there's like nothing to miss it. out on. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't have, have it. it. Yeah. I, I will say, I will say personally, just um, you know, just like my pers, just like my personality is, for example, more geared toward like saving as opposed to spending, and it was always done with this uh, vague notion that um, it, it was for some, you know, for like a like a like a future. Uh, I'm not saying that now I'm, I'm going to go uh, splurge it all on Vegas or anything, but. It, it, now I'm Good wondering, luck, like, it's closed. What? Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't go to Vegas, bro. <laughs> <laughs> can't even go to Atlantic but City. No, it's like it, it's kind of like. Uh, well, who knows when? Who knows? Maybe in five years we'll have something even worse that will make this look like what you know 2008 looks like now. Almost something cute. So you know when, when that possibility, when that dagger is always hanging over you, you do get a sense of, uh, you know, let's let just kind of live for the next year or so and. 
you know, not not worry about like retirement because we might even it might not even happen, right? So I mean, that's both good and bad. But as you said, it can be kind of liberating when you're not holding yourself to some standard that actually is not possible to sustain. And the one bright spot, kind of, about this is that everybody in the world is going through it together. Yeah, so there's that's no the sense next. That- that's the other thing. Um, every the entire global economy is is sunk is trapped it's right now i mean we're just in the middle of a deep freeze a global deep freeze yeah and it's uh, at the there same is no exact telling. time yeah yeah and we're at still at the beginning of this um we are it's starting are. to really ramp up in the united states south america central america is uh is in its is on its way unfortunately so you know the squad i don't even want to think about brazil Brazil oh my is god! It's going to be such. A- oh my god! And if we're talking about zoonotic diseases, I have my money on Brazil being the hot Brazil or an unregulated American pig being the next vector there we go. of a pandemic. Yeah, yeah. if we <laughs> Brazil is is right on the forefront of this. It, there are no standards for pork, <laughs> pork production, yeah. pork farming, none of it. Yeah. So I, I and Brazil is doing its gangbusters best to clear the Amazon for cattle ranching. Um, so talk about very close contact between wild and domesticated animals that creates these uh, these super bugs. It, we're, we're we're actively barreling into the era of mass wipeouts. Maybe we're just in like a wipeout stage. We might be of in nature. a cycle. That's that's the the worst case scenario, right? Is that where nature in a cycle. was like? Fuck this shit, yeah, um, guys, guys, we were we were so close to ending on a somewhat positive. <laughs> okay, okay, all right, yeah, no, okay, so it's the curve now. <laughs> all right, so okay, back to for the moment. Uh, this has been a liberating. This has been a liberating moment. Uh, this is not to discount the enormous suffering and and toll and the absolute hollowing out of the American way of life that we're facing, uh, but. Um, if you are relatively young, let's say under 40, 40-ish and, and, and younger, uh, you know who you are. Uh, I think there's been a campaign for most of our lives to actually shame us. You, you know, you know the articles I'm talking about. Millennials are too selfish to have children. Um, we're, we're shut-ins. We're collecting too many appliances, but we're not buying houses. We're the brokest generation. Um, we're the most selfish generation. Um, we're, 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 we're on track to be the first generation in, in, in post-industrial society to not be able to retire with enough savings. Um, all of that is gone now. In fact, you know, we're on lockdown. Guess what? Our, our stressed lab rat tendencies to stay shut in with our fancy appliances turn into an advantage. There was a, there was a really funny meme that I saw recently and it was this, this kind of like, probably like late 20s, early 30-ish uh, looking sh- schlubby guy who just like passed out on the couch and it's like 2019, lazy bastard, 2020, uh, <laughs> responsible adult. Right, responsible I, adult. <laughs> yeah. I, I have these articles, like like one was by Amanda Mole in The Atlantic just a couple, just a couple months ago and she's just, it's such a, it was such a dumb fluff piece. No, she's just literally talking about how she bought a very fancy Dutch oven. Mm-hmm. And like is feeling all, all kinds of guilt over. I mean, those things are expensive. They're a few hundred dollars for you know a cooking implement. Basically, what, what is it? What, what uh, brand is it? I think it was like a Le Creuset uh, Dutch uh, oven. Those things are expensive. They make good They're shit. Like, they make good shit. I they don't do. Know. Um, they make good shit. I'm a style so. person yeah. personally, but uh, like like those things are expensive. Um, talking about like I don't own a home, but I own a three hundred dollar Dutch oven. I'm like, well. Good time to have a cooking implement, a quality cooking implement, and not have a mortgage. Great time. Um, 
So I feel like our generation has been feeling the low-key stressors. So, like, this virus... Atina has a great way of putting this. He's saying, like, this this virus primarily attacks the immunocompromised. We as a society have been immunocompromised for a long time. So it's doesn't it didn't cause any it's not causing any disaster that wasn't already there. It's just accelerated the effects of it. Yeah, that's um, a good point. So it's liberating for my mental health to just kind of shake free of all of that. I don't have to feel guilt over the way I've lived. I don't have to feel any kind of residual cling to a future that doesn't exist. Um, mm-hmm. Everything is ripe for, re- for rewriting right now. Uh, I think if you're a little depressed, you're trying to get back to a sense of normal that never fucking existed. Right. There is nothing to cling to. And you should not feel guilty about being uncomfortable in that old normal, you know? Yeah. And just- If you liked that good- if you liked that normal, if it was working out for you, uh, you were part of the problem. Yeah, yeah. And on a positive note, like, as I've been working at home, I've had a little bit more time- I hope no one that I work with listens to this, but whatever. Um, to like, you know, go on YouTube and and to to pay attention to like game streamers. And as a video gamer, um, there's just I think everyone is sort of just like they're playing games. They're trying to talk to like their followers, and people are connecting. And human connection uh, can happen in a lot of different ways. And one of those ways is video games and and through the internet. And as like esports and and, and and video game culture has become more mainstream, uh, I think a lot of these people that I've been following have been stepping up and sort of just, you know, doing more. And um, it's been good. And it's helped me, it's helped keep me connected and to feel less alone. And, um, you know, and it's stuff I enjoy anyway. So, um, you know, that, that's that's been positive for me. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a good way to sign off this pod. Let's not think about Brazil or India or any any of those places. I wish them now. the best of luck. Absolutely. That I, I <laughs> sincerely, uh, I sincerely do. Look, if the wealthiest country on earth has been brought to its fucking knees over this, um, this is this this has the potential to be absolutely devastating um, for other countries. Um, and there is a reckoning to come. Um, I think I, I get a little depressed thinking like, oh, what if we actually do just go back to status quo? That's actually impossible. Uh, I think there is a doomsday scenario where, you know, we have just seen, I know I started this off fuming mad that we just faced a, like the biggest transfer of public to private wealth that we've ever seen. Uh, look, that will, first of all, that can't happen twice because we're fucking tapped out. Uh, there is a, there's an absolute limit to this that people will not stand for. Uh, and I think we are coming close to that. Uh, we've come, they've openly, I mean, I guess I just said a, f- a false thing there. Like there's a limit to that. We're tapped out. That's not actually how money works. We have been, ex- they have exposed the lie that money is a finite resource. And now we're seeing very clearly how that infinite resource for a country like the United States is dedicated to help the 1% and not the 99 uh, this is going to start to look, this is, people are go- are not going to take this lying down. And there's no way to get back to normal. Like we talk about, like you see the stories of landlords trying to evict their tenants. Like, are you fucking stupid? Who are you going to fill those units with? <laughs> fucking morons. Uh, I, I, I think who? one. That's so. I, I think one. Uh, my God. 
So this is this has hit everyone. This has hit everyone. So we talked about a consumer liquidity crisis. I think we're going to hit a massive real estate crisis that's going to re like upend everything we know about uh, how labor, housing, and, and um and lifestyle that we've come to expect as normal throughout the United States, especially in these big, very uh, expensive coastal cities that we that all of us live in. Uh, there, there's just a reckoning. There is no way for any single entity to completely right the ship. So, like, enjoy the chaos. We are living in. We are living. We, we are living in uncharted times now. This is the wild. Everyone is living in the wild, wild west now. We are absolutely. We are. Uh, as, as a final thing, I, I will say that I mean we talked about uh, you know boomers growing up in that era. Of, it was like a thirty-ish year stretch, uh, you know, the height of you know that great economic growth that did come about because of things like the Great Depression, uh, which did expose people to the limits of their current system. So you know it swung the other way, uh, at least for a bit, until it got all dismantled. You know, kind of like starting in the seventies and eighties, but. Uh, so you know there there is an opportunity. We just have to we just have to you know keep focused um, and not get distracted by by the shit they put up. Yeah, I mean, so, I uh, just Trump mm- undermined his own war machine. So a lot of our listeners are Asian, probably watching with worry at you know fingers being pointed back to China, um, to you know, and we know where that's where that's headed. Uh, the silver lining in this, if you actually watch what he's doing, though, he's so short sighted. He gutted his own war machine. He is not going to have the support he needs from the people he needs it from uh, to push what he he wants. He can. There is no way to flip this over onto China at this point to any degree that that warrant that justifies uh, war. Like we're not going to be able to bomb our way out of this shit. So that's that's a big silver lining to me. Uh, yeah, it definitely is. And if I'm wrong, you can. If if I'm wrong, just just. Come and say hi when we're all interned. I, I will apologize to you personally. Um, uh, speaking of uh, speaking of internment, um, I just finished No No Boy. Uh, you know, every Asian American. You know, we have time, so you know, let's read more, educate ourselves more, things like that. So, uh, Jess, Mark, thank you so much for joining me for this uh, latest episode for Escape from Planet. So, signing off. Everyone, have a Good day, night, stay whenever, safe. whenever. Stay healthy. Stay safe, please. Survive. Stay safe and sa- yes. There is there is a horizon past this, and we all have to make it there. That's right. Stay safe, yeah, and uh, we hope our we hope our podcasts are helping, and we'll be back very soon with another episode. Bye. Bye. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.